Hi, I'm Jake Parker, and this is my podcast, Beyond Fit. My goal is to help you live a happier and healthier life by providing actionable knowledge and advice about a wide range of health and fitness topics. You can find me most active on Instagram at jakeparker.fit if you want to connect or just see what I'm up to. Hi guys, a little more for me before we get to the show. So today's show is with my friend Alex Lefkowitz. His website is theproductiveu.com. It's mentioned here in the show notes. I met Alex maybe six months to a year ago. I actually stumbled across his website and some of his blogs on a Reddit page that I follow. And so kind of a weird roundabout way to meet a friend and someone who's come on this podcast a couple times, but I really enjoy talking with him. Um, As many of you know, if you listen to the podcast, one of my favorite topics is productivity. And like I mentioned in this podcast, I feel like all the things that interest me fall so in the line together in the fact that they're all having to do with principles and self-discipline, like working out, of course, uh, eating healthy, as well as other things like writing, productivity, personal finance, So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode with Alex. We specifically talked a little bit about how to be productive, how to fight procrastination, and especially we did talk a lot about taking breaks and taking intelligent breaks. There's actually um, a five to 10 minute spew in here as well, where I compare and contrast uh, the productivity things that we're talking about to my diet and nutrition, especially that I've been talking about lately. You'll be familiar with some of the things I say here, if you've listened to the podcast, especially recently. Uh, One more thing, if you are curious about my newsletter, which Alex and I talk about, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram at jakeparker.fit or email me jrparker95 at gmail.com to get on that email list. You're really going to enjoy the stuff I have to say on there if you're not getting it already. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Alex. He has a ton of knowledge on studies and research, and we parlay that with anecdotal evidence from both of our lives, so this is a lot of fun. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Beyond Fit podcast. This is Jake Parker. My guest today, he's been on, I believe, twice before. Yeah, if I'm remembering correctly. His name is Alex. He has a website called The Productive You, and we like to trade a lot of back and forth on productivity, something I'm very interested in. And specifically recently, we've talked a little bit back and forth about procrastination and taking breaks. And so those were a couple of the major topics we wanted to touch on here and possibly just a little bit of back and forth on productivity as far as people that are now working from home, which has been a big change. But uh, I'll let Alex go ahead and say hi on his end, give a little bit of a background for any of you that will be hearing him for the first time. Yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, thanks for having me back on, man. Great to be back. So my name's Alex. Uh, I have a website, a blog that I write uh, called theproductiveview.com. And so all like all I'm about is productivity, habits, personal development. And so I've done a lot of research on procrastination, how to really level up your productivity game, especially during this quarantine environment, right? Like that's been a big topic these days. For starters, for you, what has been like, I guess, one thing that has been a big derailment to productivity and one thing that you feel like focusing on has a super high return on investment as far as helping you be productive? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing that's been derailed for me during this whole quarantine thing is my ability to change environments. You know, I think we've actually talked about this in a previous one, but mm -hmm. a big thing that I like to do is I'll go to the coffee shop quite often, you know, working from home all the time in the same area, the same desk. For me, it's not very conducive to consistent productivity over long pan, uh, spans of time. So it really has sucked not being able to go out to a coffee shop to work, um, going out to a library, these sort of things. And so that's definitely been a big adjustment that I've had to deal with. Yeah. What was the second part of your question? So like the other end of the spec. Well, I guess that was like the difficulty part. But what has mm -hmm. been one of the things that you feel either has a really high return on investment as far as helping out your productivity? or something that you feel like is sort of a non-negotiable as far as something that spurs, spurs your productivity? Sure. Well, I think the biggest thing that, and you can look at all the productivity advice, all the articles, all the videos, something that very few people talk about, which is kind of the, the topic for today is your breaks. So how do you spend your time when you're not being productive? There's mm -hmm. countless articles, there's countless information out there on what's the best strategy, what's the best time management method the way i look at it the way you take your breaks that's just like right you're big in a in a fitness mm -hmm. and exercise right and nutrition so the way you take your breaks think about it like this your breaks to your productivity are what your diet is to your fitness it's kind of that undergirding that undergirding principle mm -hmm. that if mismanaged can just derail the whole thing yeah, like I've always said that you can't, they say you can't outrun uh, your mouth. So, you know, no matter how good your workouts are, at some point, if you have a really shit diet, you're not going to be able to reach your goals. And I think likewise, if you're really, for for lack of a better term, like abusive to yourself in terms of do you, just always being attached to your social media or other forms of media, doing things that are not restorative as far as breaks you're probably never going to have the full capacity to be productive right but tell me this because i subscribed to your bi-weekly newsletter which by the way mm -hmm. if you guys don't you definitely should and i saw in there recently you said you're you're allowing some more ice cream beer mm -hmm. other mm -hmm. things so how does that play a role because there's definitely you can go the full on just cut out everything Mm -hmm. But I like what you're doing here because there's there's a fine balance, right? Yeah, that's the, to me, that's ground. the most important and one of the most difficult things to figure out with diet. And yeah. I think that it's it's worth noting first and foremost that I feel like it initially or one of the best ways, in my opinion, to look at formatting your diet is like, what's your personality? So for me, I am reasonably good at balance and I can have treats and I can stop myself, but I have friends and I've talked to people and this has been one of the big benefits of trying to sort of I guess have more conversations and open up my mind up to the different ways that diet and fitness uh, impacts people the different ways that people think about it some people just like that restriction because they're the classic example of a person who can't just eat a handful of chips out of the bag they gotta eat the whole bag or can't just yeah, have that's me. two yeah. yeah or can't just have two beers out of the six pack get into the whole six pack and so I think first of all, it's, it's funny because now I'm remembering one of the big things we discussed last time was knowing yourself. So just the yes. first key is know yourself. Are you someone who has to restrict? Or are you someone who can allow yourself some flexibility? And I guess to me, it goes back to one of the core things that made me want to 
start informing people and educating people about health and fitness is I never quite understood the balance of calories and flexible dieting. And once that world was um, sort of explained to me and I, and I undertook more understanding of that, it was really freeing. And I almost definitely, I would say I went too far with it at one point where it was like I was calculating macros all the time, which I've talked about before, but essentially calculating macros, I kind of equate with counting calories where you try to eat a certain amount of protein, fat, and carbs in a day. And you split that up on the, on the extreme end, however you want, um, trying to get more quality sources, but that's definitely not at the forefront of like the, the basis of macro tracking. Um, but I guess to round it out, like for me, I'm the type of person where I understand that I can allow some flexibility. And so I understand because I've done macro tracking in the past that like the best example is, okay, I want to have a couple beers with friends. So maybe my lunch instead of having chicken rice and vegetables i'm just having chicken and vegetables because the rice is carbs it's not completely necessary to me like the vegetables and protein is more necessary to me for fiber and micronutrients and that sort of stuff so taking away in order to add and the same thing like with dinner maybe i skip on one of the sides that has you know a lot of oil or butter something i know that's cal calorically dense so that i make room for that ice cream after dinner so for me I'm a very analytical person. I think that that's where it comes first and foremost, but I'm, I'm very good at allowing myself that flexibility, which I know is a, a strength of my own personally. Oh yeah. That's a huge strength. And that's what I'm actually envious of because also I'm a very analytical person, but I tend to lean more on the opposite end of the spectrum where I just go all in on everything, no matter what good or bad. So mm -hmm. I've had to cut out candy, sweets, ice cream completely because I know if I go, I get one bag of gummy worms, that's going to lead to two, and that's going to lead to three, mm -hmm. and it's going to have this macro um, macro effect where it just happens every single day. So right now, I'm on day 80, so about, yeah, 81 will be by the end of today of no sweets. Mm -hmm. Well, no purchasing sweets, right? That's This is my form of balance as being someone who's very, just can't restrict themselves. If someone else... You know, if I go to like, let's say a birthday party or something, there's mm -hmm. cake. You know, I'm not going to stop myself from eating that. But just personally, I can't go out and make the purchase myself. Mm -hmm. And so that's been my restriction. So I really, you know, I'm envious of the way that you're able to do this. But that shows a very high level of self-control. And like we said, knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. now, yeah, I love this. I love this conversation because to me, it's like I used to be like, Again, I, I speak on and I've spoke on before, if, if someone listens to this podcast regularly, when I found out about macro tracking, I was so all about it. I loved it. It was like the key to me. And I was like, why doesn't everybody do this? And then I realized there's that psychological side that I wasn't addressing, even though it's easy for me to, to have restrictions and to, and to know when is when a lot of people don't have that same governor. And I think that why one reason why I've been so anti-diet in the past and why I tend to be anti-diet I'm more accepting now if someone is just that's the way they want to be and that's and they just know that that's the way they work best that's okay but to me the reason I'm anti-diet is because I don't like that it restricts people and say a couple really um, good examples it would be like either paleo or keto you only eat these certain foods you go low carb you only eat paleo is like you only eat um, certain foods that are you know, like we ate in the Paleolithic times is like the basis of the diet. So nuts, no grains, fruits, vegetables, proteins. And to me, where the biggest problem lies is I'm sure you and I can relate and definitely the average person who 
tries to be mindful of their diet can relate to the feeling of, oh my God, I haven't had cookies or cake in a month and I'm at this party and I'm just going to have to have like five cookies or five pieces of cake because I've restricted myself so much. Whereas to me, mm-hmm. if you, yeah, if, no. if you can, if you can figure out how to, how to work within yourself to let it happen, it's much more empowering to, oh, okay, you know, it's Saturday. I, I want to go out for ice cream or, you know, cake or whatever it is and allowing yourself the one piece and saying, okay, that was good. I'm satisfied. That's where people should try to get. And I, I like that you said that you like allow yourself in these certain scenarios too, because that's something else I talked about on a podcast recently was that I never buy sweets to have at my house. It has to be like, I love going out for ice cream and that's like a fun experience for me where you're anticipating it, you go nice. and it's like, it's, it's the whole experience. And to me, I try to separate that from just like, I don't just sit on my couch and eat some Oreos or whatever it is. Not that there's anything right, inherently yeah. wrong with that, but I want the experience to be worthwhile. Yeah, it's a reward that you're giving yourself, but it's not one that you're necessarily going to choose because, I mean, mm-hmm. how practical is it to go out and get ice cream every day? Mm-hmm. Use it, mm-hmm. you know? So I really, I really appreciate that. Now, what's crazy is this whole discussion about our nutrient habits and candy and stuff can be used as a metaphor for really most things in life. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the way you manage your sweets intake is just like, is directly related to how you manage your productivity and your Mm -hmm. breaks. So for example, eating candy. According to a survey of about 1,200 people, 68% of people break, they take breaks during their day by using social media or Mm -hmm. streaming video. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Yeah. Because I've done that in the past for sure. Mm Mm-hmm, right. And now it, it, it works for different people in different ways. But in my experience, whenever I do that, whenever I take a break by sitting down and watching a Netflix episode in the middle of the day, that just completely messes up my entire, the rest of my day and my workflow, similar to binging, you know, a gallon of ice cream in the middle of the day, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, there's, there's all these, there's all these little connections that you can make here yeah. with this whole to discussion me, that we're having. Yeah, I've had similar conversations before and like what jumps to mind for me is that like, for for example, one of my, I guess I'd maybe call it like vices is sometimes I like to go on like a Twitter binge and just like I can be on Twitter for a half an hour or more because that's something I enjoy a lot of accounts that I follow on there and I'm a big fan of like NBA Twitter. So especially right now, but uh, like, yeah. for, like no one would ever say that. Jazz, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's looking yeah. like it. But like no one would ever say that you should do that every day. But if you really enjoy and do get some pleasure from that, doing it once a week, I wouldn't ever beat up on myself for that because it's like, yeah, I do get some sort of enjoyment out of it. It would probably start to stress me out if I felt like trapped by it. And it was like every day I had to have it. But to me, that's where it's kind of like the the sweets comparison, like having a couple scoops of ice cream every Saturday is not going to derail your progress. But if you did it every day after dinner, well, then you're going to start to have a problem. Sure, sure, definitely. Moderation and balance is all key. Mm-hmm. Now, and, oh, go ahead. I just, oh. I had another point just like on the, like taking yeah. breaks. To me, what, what I thought of in the beginning when you were talking about taking breaks is like, mm-hmm. and you spoke about Netflix and I know that we've talked about movies before. That's something we have in common. Like I'm a big fan of watching movies as opposed to a show or something because you get that feeling yeah, of confusion. 100%. Yes. And that's kind yes. of like another productivity topic, topic in and of itself. But my point there was just like, I always plan my downtime or my off time. I feel like that's important too. You should plan 
your times of like having fun and enjoyment like you plan your productive times because if you're talking about just someone who works like for example a nine to five and then they have the weekend to do whatever they want i think i would argue that you should not super rigidly but have some sort of a cohesive plan as to what you're going to do i'm going to clean my house i'm going to go to the grocery store not that that's inherently fun but it's like those are empowering activities and then I'm, I have this movie yes. I want to watch. Like for me, that's a specific example. Like I've been wanting to watch this movie. I'm going to watch it and I'm going to zone out and I'm going to enjoy it because I'm intentional about it. I don't like to be the person who just like, oh, let's scroll Netflix and see what's on. I'd rather be intentional about it. I've, wanted, I've been wanting to watch this, you know? Sure. Certainly. Certainly. Let's, let's, let's dive more into this. Let's talk about why breaks specifically are important and then how we can take better breaks. For example, these cleaning examples or um, going shopping like these are great. So there's a very well-studied phenomenon called vigilance decrement. And this just basically states that. De what did you as say? De like detriment? Decrement. D-E-C-R-E-M-E-N-T. Vigilance okay. decrement. Yes. And now this principle states that it's very simple. As you focus, as your brain works, you need breaks, right? It says that as you continue to perform cognitive functions, you have a slowing in reaction times and an increase in error rates. It's the reason why you can't study for a test for 24 hours straight, because eventually you get fatigued, which leads to stress, which leads to low performance. So this in and of itself is the reason why we need to talk about breaks, because it's something that biologically we need to take because our brains can't function at high peak performance 24-7. So with that being said, this is like a non-negotiable non part of life. So there's got to be a right way and a wrong way to do it, or at least a better and a, and a, and a less ideal way to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I call, that's what we're, what I call what we're taking is better breaks as opposed mm -hmm. to bad breaks, because better breaks will, they'll take this vigilance decrement cycle and they'll boost you so that you're ready to restart again at high performance. But if you take the wrong break, then you're not really refueling your brain and you're just going to continue at low performance. So mm -hmm. that's kind of, that's a bit of the reason why. So, but what exactly is a better break? You might ask, like, what's, what are some basic guidelines to taking better breaks? Well, I've got three of them for you, Jake. Okay. So the three rules that I have for taking a good break is first, they have to energize your brain after the break is over with. And this is different from being energizing during because doing something like we streaming video, that's very stimulating. That's energizing mm -hmm. you during the break, but afterwards you're going to feel slow. You're going to feel sluggish. Your focus is going to be a bit off, but doing something like you said, doing some cleaning or some, some activity, that's great because afterwards you're going to feel a little bit refreshed and you're going to be mm -hmm. back at the start of that vigilance decrement cycle. Number two, you need to have a clearly defined endpoint. So exactly what you said, you need to pre-plan your breaks, kind of have an idea of what you're gonna do and know exactly how long they're gonna last. And then thirdly, your break should exclude entropy, chaos, negativity as much as possible, which is just another component of planning them. Mm -hmm. So that's my, that's, those are three rules I think we generally wanna follow when taking breaks. Again, yeah, let's be energizing during or after the break, have an endpoint and exclude entropy. Yeah, when I when I think about like you mentioned the social media, taking a break for social media, for example, 
I always think about myself taking breaks now as opposed to like in college. In college, I was never, I was probably slightly more focused on productivity than the average person, but I definitely never was very intentional about my habits or anything like that. And I can remember, you know, my break would typically 90% of the time be social media. And the problem with that is not only is it a direct violator of number two, where social media is like the easiest thing to get lost in time on. But it goes back to the the first point, especially for me, because it's like, again, talking about energizing, that's the opposite effect of energizing. Because like with social media, whether people realize it or not, it is something you have to focus on and that engages your brain. Like you might think it's a break, but it's just, it's a break. It's a break from work that you're focusing on to something else you're focusing on. Like, okay, I'm watching this video. I'm seeing what's going on or, you know, I'm scrolling my, my feed, reading stuff. And I don't, I don't know exactly, maybe you could speak to more what makes it a de-energizing thing. But to me, I always came back after those breaks, not feeling refreshed at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And also I want to add that the, the social media break very clearly violates rule. It violates all the rules, right? But it also violates rule three, because depending on what you follow on social media, it's hard not to see some sort of negativity or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. especially in today's world where you're like, God, this is, I just can't even like, I can't even handle this emotionally right now. I'm mm-hmm. trying to be positive and get work done. And all I'm just seeing is this, these arguments and, and everything. Mm-hmm. But the thing that for me makes a break energizing and rather than de-energizing, it's really just anecdotal experience, right? It's, how do you, you have to consciously examine your emotional state afterwards and you can clearly tell like, okay, this had a negative impact on me overall. Now also we can look back at historical figures and see what did they do to take breaks? I know you're a big fan of Ryan Holiday. He talks a lot about historical figures and what they've done. Mm -hmm. A lot, one we see him talk about a lot is going outside for a walk or a run. And that is a perfect example of an energizing where you're just going to feel refreshed. It's changing your focus. You come back 30 minutes later, things are way different. Mm-hmm. Now, as to why that happens, scientifically, it's, it's funny. This is all sort of a, a philosophical dis- uh, discussion with hints of scientific evidence. But at the end of the day, we don't really know. You know, mm-hmm. the brain is never at an off state. Even when you're sleeping, your brain is very active, especially during REM sleep. Its activity resembles that of wakefulness, which REM sleep you happen to be in about 20 to 30% of the time while you're sleeping. So it's not necessarily that breaks will deactivate your brain and let it just rest and recharge mm-hmm. in a way, but it's like focusing your attention on something else that you feel is conducive to your own emotional state in a way. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm making it's it's some very broad points, but some nuanced points. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it, it comes down to what works for you. To me, what I'm most reminded of is I always say that the things that I'm interested in seem like I can relate them, even though they, they don't seem related on paper at all. So like, for example, mm-hmm. my, my first and biggest love, as is partly the title of my podcast is fitness. I love fitness and diet and exercise and like specifically weightlifting and I would I would lean towards bodybuilding just because I definitely do focus a lot on the aesthetic appeal um, and the physique but that sure. 
for me relates a lot to, I talk about personal finance and to me, like the accountability, the self-discipline, the tracking, I actually spoke about this recently, like tracking your food and tracking your money can can be so paralleled. And I think that the thing that relates here is as far as productivity, you talk about, yeah, there's all these scientific studies about the best way to do things. And, but there's also anecdotes. And for me, I, I just think of like with, with bodybuilders versus like scientists that do studies on muscle growth and stuff like that. It's like there, there's the most optimal thing in a lab and there's actually what's going to work for you. So like maybe the thing that would most optimize your productivity would be, I don't know, like I'm trying to think of something that would be like not, not usually easily attainable for the average person. So, oh, if you go sit by a lake, that's going to most opti- that's going to be the best break. But if you don't live yeah. near a lake, you have, okay, what works for me? I can't necessarily do the most scientific thing, but what works for me? Okay, maybe it's getting outside, getting into nature. And so again, I think that's the importance of knowing yourself, knowing your environment. And it just reminds me, like, I love to think about how all the things I'm interested in is going to be interconnected in that way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's funny because, yeah, maybe the best thing is climb up on some mountaintop above mm-hmm. the clouds with the lake nestled in between, sit mm-hmm. down in a yoga stance, meditate for 60 minutes, and then go back to work. But mm-hmm. you're right. We, you know, very it's few like people balance, do that. The balance of what you can adhere to and what's actually sustainable versus what works the best. And exactly. Also yeah. realizing that like something that's a hundred percent most optimal is not even going to offer you like leaps and bounds more than what's 80 or 90% optimal. You know what I mean? Just realizing that whatever, I think that it kind of goes back to so many people would probably resonate with feeling like a perfectionist. Oh, if I can't take the perfect break, I might as well not take a break at all, which is definitely not true. You just try to do what you can. Sure, sure, certainly. And so let's look back at, based on some historical context. So these things that people have written about that they like to do, people like Einstein, Darwin, Aristotle, how did they take their breaks? And again, you've had, uh, have left some great links to Ryan Holly. He talks a lot about this mm-hmm. too. So I recommend other people looking that up for more information on this, but there's some basic categories that we can do. Reading. This is great. Reading for 15 to 30 minutes. Because remember, you want to have a predefined endpoint. Um, exercise. As we talked about doubly awesome if you can do your exercise outside because something about being in nature being free of distractions being free of mental clutter is going to clear your unconscious mind and kind of like I, I always think of it as a, as a sewer system being flushed although how you know true is that in reality and how we actually work biologically I don't know mm-hmm. But another, another good break I like is socializing with a gregarious friend. Mm-hmm. So call up a friend or see him in person for 15, 30 minutes. Just say, hey, what's up, man? Just want to shoot the shit. See how you're mm-hmm. doing. Boost your mood that way. Now, important, though, that they are a friend who's going to boost you positively. Yeah, not positively. talk to you about all the negative things going on. Exactly. Because I, I have some really good friends that I enjoy a lot, but... I'm like, dude, I can't talk to you during my work day because I know if I do, we're just going to start talking about, you know, he's going to tell me about the latest conspiracy theories and these, all this negative stuff. I'm like, dude, I can't, I can't even handle this right now. Mm-hmm. And then my favorite break of all, and it's hard to do, but it's just do nothing. Mm-hmm. Very similar to meditation. Just sit around, 
relax, take, take a load off and just sit there, just ruminate, daydream. It is hard because we just live in an environment that every piece of technology is usually a, a reach away or not to mention, yeah. you know, other things that can be distracting your environment. But that's, it seems like that is something else that's mentioned as far as when you talk about historical figures, just the act of trying to get bored in order to come up with ideas. Cause the, the best example is just the shower thoughts. Everybody knows how your best thoughts can come in the shower. It's just when you're doing nothing, maybe like very slightly stimulated, you know, playing with something in your hand or tapping your foot or, you know, doing whatever. Those oh, are yes. the times when the best ideas come. Or 100%. Solve a problem that you've been ruminating on. Yes, yes, 100%. And that's actually goes very, that's a whole other discussion in and of mm -hmm. itself. How do we stimulate creativity, activate our unconscious mind to to make those aha moments happen. But I like what you say because uh, what I actually keep on my desk at all times is a, I keep two things, a Rubik's cube. I don't know how the hell to solve it, but it's there. And I also keep a tennis ball because mm -hmm. it's kind of like those shower thoughts. It, 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 it allows you that, that mindless distraction where you're just kind of sitting, thinking, and then your greatest ideas come to you. Yeah, to me, the all the things you mentioned, they all to me speak to the importance of like having some sort of a practice that both helps you be mindful, but at the same time it falls into like a flow activity. So yes. I think flow activities are anything where you start to lose track of time. So cleaning, seems like a good example, at least to me, it's like, once you start cleaning, yeah, nobody really likes the process of starting it, but then once you get in it, it's, it's, it becomes a flow. It's like, you don't necessarily realize if 30 minutes has gone by because you're focused on you have this specific task and it's very clear how it's going to be done and when it's going to be done and things like reading too can be a flow activity if you get lost in a good book as long as it isn't too um, like academic or hard to read that's pretty easy to get lost in same thing with exercise that's a great flow activity and it's funny because speaking about Ryan Holiday again um, I've seen him make the point that he says when people talk about meditation you don't necessarily have to be meditating. He's like Marcus Aurelius form of meditation in his book meditations was just him journaling. And that's how he got into a flow state. That's how he got mindful and cleared his thoughts and where that physical act of meditation, sitting down and scanning your body um, and just trying to focus on your breath can be meditative for some people, for someone else it might be going for a walk. Like Ryan Holiday talks about the fact that he doesn't do the, the physical act of meditation, but he goes on walks often, which is meditative. He journals, he reads, and all this stuff can be meditative in and of itself. Oh, yes, 100%. And I think you actually just touched on a point that is way bigger than we can even realize or conceptualize, which is that flow state meditative mm -hmm. activity. I've actually thought a lot about what is happiness and how can we induce happiness at will. And kind of just the, the, the conclusion I came to is that happiness requires two things. It requires one, doing something that you enjoy, something that you naturally have a liking to doing. And then two, you forget about time, aka you're in a flow state. And it seems like when those two conditions are met, you're doing something you enjoy and you forget about time, life just gets better. It gets better not mm -hmm. only in the moment, but also afterwards because your thoughts are stimulated and you're left feeling calm and relaxed. And then when you go back to doing quote-unquote productive work you're just going to do a much better job mm -hmm. i think that the enjoyment kind of has a flip side too though where 
I think that not only do you have to do things that you enjoy, but you have to do things that you don't enjoy, or at least like don't feel inclined to start. But those things that like cleaning is a perfect example. Like I never feel like, Oh, what sounds good is going and cleaning, but yet I do it. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, my place is clean. This feels good. And like, it's similar with working out. A lot of times like, Oh, I don't want to get on my workout clothes and drive to the gym and warm up and go through my workout. But then I do it. And that's like, I feel great. And there's, I think that happens with a lot of work projects too. If you, once you finish a product, it feels great. But there was times when you were grinding and didn't feel like doing it. And so I think that you have to, I, I guess I guess it's not necessarily not enjoying it, but just realizing that the part I enjoy is the finished product. And so I might have to go through some unenjoyable um, parts to get there, but just keeping the big picture in mind. Yes, yes, because truly humans, our default state is laziness and minimizing mm -hmm. energy and activity in all areas. So you're right. If we were left to our own devices and just able to do what we enjoyed, I mean, honestly, I would do nothing pretty much every day. Mm. I would play video games. I would watch Netflix. I would stream video because, yeah, those are the things that are enjoyable to me. No one enjoys. I mean, maybe you do enjoy cleaning, but you're right. There's something about realizing that non-immediate benefit and doing it anyways. And that's the mm -hmm. reason I'm in, I, I love productivity so much is because I think I do have very major procrastination tendencies. Mm -hmm. And it's taken me a lot of research and a lot of practice. And I still, I'm not that great at it, to be honest with you, but to realize that, okay, in order to actually be productive, I need to put these things on hold and figure out ways to trick my brain because I know my default state is basically mm -hmm. sucks. <laughs> you know, the reason, the reason I like productivity or one of the big reasons is that I was, I was thinking about this earlier too, is I love to put my tinfoil hat on and like tell people all the things that are wrong with society. And like what I was thinking of earlier is when you talk about taking breaks, like society wants to tell you that, you know, the most successful person is the hardest worker. And you always, I've always had a problem with that phrase, hard working and working hard and grinding because it's like taking breaks is not, it, it's a period of intentionally taking time off from working hard in order to work more effectively in the big picture. And so I think that working intelligently is a lot is a lot more important than working hard. Cause especially like maybe our generation is less a product of it, but like, I definitely feel like my parents' generation and people at that age, like, oh, the hardest worker gets the most done. The hardest worker is the most successful. And it's like, it's, it pays to be intentional and think about what you're working on and the ways you're working on rather than just working hard. Like if you're working hard to jam a round peg into a square hole, no amount of hard work is gonna get there. You know what I mean? Oh, yes, yes. I, I, I do know what you mean. And, and that's something that I've struggled with in the past is just nonstop working on something that is uh, a round peg into a, a square hole. And the key there is being adaptable, mm -hmm. realizing that life has changed and adapting to the situation is right. And working intentionally is so important. So there, you're right. There is, there is a lot of nuance to it. And truly, the latest research we have on how great ideas are born and how creativity exists shows that the majority of great ideas occur during times of rest. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a million examples you can find of great ideas, and I'm sure you've had them yourself, mm -hmm. where you have a great idea in a dream, where you wake up, and immediately after waking up, you think, aha, you have some epiphany, or in the shower, yeah, period exactly. of rest. Have you yeah. heard of... I, I, 
maybe it was either like Einstein or Thomas Edison, but like someone, there's some story of like they had uh, marbles that they held in their hand over this tin pan and something like when they fall asleep, they'd start to drift off. They would drop the marbles and it would wake them up when it hit the tin and like some, something they'd be like in the right unconscious state to come up with ideas. I can't remember where I heard that, but. Fascinating. No, I haven't heard that story before. The scatter focus and like the dreamlike state to come in contact with more ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I haven't heard that story before, but I'm definitely going to look that up. So uh, basically we we've kind of gone off on several tangents here, mm -hmm. but basically my whole point is let me try to sum this up succinctly in easily digestible format. Breaks are important because your brain needs rest. It needs a distraction or else your output is going to suffer. That being said, there are ways to take breaks that can optimize your productivity after said break. The things to have a good break is be energizing, have a defined endpoint, and avoid entropy. And some of the good breaks you can take are reading, exercise, being outside, socializing, and just doing nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's basically the whole basis of, of my thought process on breaks. So how do you feel the, the things that are most tangible to me that I also wanted to point out was, well, I was just thinking about when we said about uh, like being intentional. I yes. took a lot away from David Allen's book, Getting Things Done, where he talks about the having a weekly review and being intentional about what you're going to do with your week and about what you want to change from the last week. So that's been something that has changed my life a lot, just taking some time to review and plan for the upcoming week. So again, like being intentional about where you're spending your time. And then obviously you've talked a lot about routines and habits, but for me, the best way to get into a productive state is I found that I, I like to have a pretty drawn out morning routine and do all the mm -hmm. things that get me into the right mindset. Whereas, yeah, it's on paper, it might look like losing an hour or two hours that I could be doing work, but really it makes me more productive because I'm getting in the right state of mind. So I think that as far as more big picture things, if you're not looking at productivity as like, you know, like an, an immediate action or project that you're working on it's important to think about the big picture too, kind of like I mentioned a couple of times. Certainly it's a whole, it's a, it's a holistic practice, but my question here is, so what are, the, what, what are those things that you do in the morning where you, you could say it's waste in an hour? Mm -hmm. puts you in the For me, like, yeah, I've, I've been actually, I've been focusing on this a lot and I've been like over, so I guess it all started, you know, I sort of undertook this journey of, okay, I want to get, I want to, I, I don't even know where, basically in, in overcoming some challenges as far as not health, but like always putting a lot of time and effort towards fitness and then figuring out some levers to change to make that more optimal for myself. That led me to try to do that with other points in my life. And so if you, if you are into enough like motivation, success type of, you know, stuff online, you'll, you'll hear about, Oh, every successful person has a morning routine. So like for me, I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to get up at 5.30, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And then over time, I realized, okay, well, that's going to make me start to neglect the importance of sleep. And, you know, maybe I don't want to spend, an, uh, you know, time journaling or meditating or like maybe some stuff is important to me and stuff stuff isn't. So like what I found is I like to take it slow in the morning. And so I like to get up and I always will start by drinking a glass of water just to make sure that I start getting hydrated for the day. And then I'll do... 
I always make sure to make my bed because I feel like that is a very important task to just like get yourself in the state of productivity. And then of course, stuff like, you know, brushing my teeth and showering and whatever. But uh, probably the biggest three or four things I do would be I do meditate in the morning. I always read for about a half an hour to an hour, depending on how much time I have, because it's important to me. I have so many books that I want to read and that I plan on reading that it seems like one of those things where if I don't fit it in first thing in the day, I'll find other ways to spend my time. So, and yeah. it's another practice of just like getting my mind in the right state, getting, getting clear and getting focused. And um, so reading, meditating, um, I do a short journal where I just write like what I'm grateful for, reflect on the day before what went well, uh, what I'm looking forward to some few things there that I've talked about before. And then in addition to that, after meditating, journal, reading, I guess just, uh, having, a having a good breakfast is usually how I, how I top it off. Nice. Nice. Uh, I mean, morning routines work for the majority of people. My routine, and I, I, I tend to stray away from a regimented morning routine, but I mean, there are patterns that emerge. The thing I like to do most often is right when I wake up, I like to get something done immediately. Now, I don't, it doesn't have to be big. It can be, you know, making my posts on Pinterest real quick. It takes five minutes, um, you know, for the website, but just getting up and doing something immediately. And then I'm, oftentimes I don't even make my bed when I do that. I'll literally get up and boom. And then afterwards I'll make the bed, shower. And then I have a special cologne that I only use mm -hmm. when it's work days and when I'm working. So I have a social mm -hmm. cologne and a work cologne. I'll spray that on, give it a nice little smell and go, you know, mm -hmm. I like to think I'm, I'm kind of training my brain to be like, okay, mm -hmm. when, I, when I hit this stimuli, yeah. it's time to work. Yeah, definitely. And I've heard the same routine. thing about like music playlists and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is similar things. I think that just goes back to knowing yourself, though, too. It's like uh, the reason I kind of yeah. felt like I had to have a like a disclaimer before talking about my morning routine is I know that I was I've been like stressed in the past of like, oh, why isn't this morning routine working? You know, successful people get up at five and they do this, this and this. But over time, I was like, OK, I want to I want to take this piece from some person like Tim Ferriss's morning routine. I don't need this piece. I want this piece from you know, whatever other like entrepreneurs morning routine that's out there. I, I'm, I'm okay without this piece and like piecing it together. And I've, I've always been like a slower, more deliberate person. And so for me, like probably the most more important thing than anything else is just taking that half hour to an hour to like drink my coffee and read and helps you just like ease into the day. And I, and it's easy for me to be overwhelmed by like, I guess I'd call it stress, but it's, it's much more just like blowing things out of proportion more often than not. And I feel like when I start slowly and not in a state of like, okay, time to do this, this, and this, like for me, it would probably be stressful to start out with like getting a task done. But like for you, like we said before, it's just different personalities. Whatever works for you is what you got to be deliberate and stick to. Yeah. I love how we always keep coming back to the just simple know yourself principle, mm -hmm. because it really is the undergirding first principle of everything. And truly a lot of people have been alive. There's like history is long. And so anyone gives you an example of a principle, it's, you can find counterexamples throughout history. I can find plenty of counterexamples of successful, famous poets, musicians, creators, business people who wake up at 12 PM. Who, yeah, that'd be, that'd, like, that'd be, it, life is varied. So mm -hmm. 
that'd be yeah. another fun thing to talk about sometime is like different the the habits of successful people or you know something like that because I am a huge fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger and I'm reading his autobiography for the mm -hmm. second time and uh it's like I've actually been caught on it's kind of seems silly but it's one of those things you kind of like build up in your head but he like he has talked about the fact that, oh, you only need six hours of sleep. And I would always sleep six hours a night to be more productive and stuff like that. And like for a while, it was another one of those things where I'd beat myself up. Oh, why am I so tired? Why do I feel like I need more sleep? But I've come around to realize, okay, for me, my body feels best when I sleep around eight hours, probably a little bit more. And that is what I need for my own productivity. I'm not just that type of person that can just go, go, go all day. And so again, I mean, what better way to end it than just talking about knowing yourself? Beautiful. I love it. Know yourself, know what your morning routine needs to be, know what your breaks need to be. And most importantly, practice. Don't beat yourself up if something doesn't work for a few days or a week. Continually adjust and, and just keep trying. I mean, truly, as long as you never give up, you're doing something right. For sure. All right, Alex. Well, thanks again for joining me. Uh, we will talk soon and uh, I'm sure that you'll, you'll have another appearance on the podcast before long. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. Hey guys, it's Jake again. I'd like to ask you if you enjoy the podcast to take a quick second and subscribe and rate the podcast. It really helps me out. And in addition, it'd be great if you would screenshot and share to your story I'd love to reshare and have a conversation about what you thought about the podcast.